So we've just heard uh, from Minister Lindua Zulu. We've heard from Bishop Paul Varane. And I want to put it to you that something about the visuals from yesterday in Zimbabwe reminded me certainly of uh, 1994 uh, in our moment of a new dawn. Those snake-like queues at voting stations brought back so much of the optimism that we felt. And to see it for our neighbors across the Limpopo was a really light moment for me. It was a great moment. And I think for them, it might hearken to 1980 because for the first time in nearly four decades, as we've been saying, there was no Mugabe on the ballot paper. But more importantly, there were no reports of assaults or violent intimidation by the security forces. I mean, who can forget the bloodied face of Morgan Changarai after being beaten by police with hardly a whisper of condemnation across the Sadek region? There was the man who would be president looking disheveled uh, coming from the back of a truck with his shirt open really all the way to his navel, uh, his head half-shaven, his eyes swollen shut, and all he could say at the time was that this was yet another example of the savagery of the Mugabe regime. Well, yesterday, that seemed a distant memory as millions of Zimbabweans voted in perhaps the first peaceful elections in that country in recent memory. And as I've been insisting, that was the easy part. Now begins the nail-biting process of waiting to hear the outcome of what it is Zimbabweans decided yesterday. Already there's speculation that things could get complicated um, if, uh, of course, uh, if the party that misgoverned the country for the last 38 years were to win. President Emerson Mnangagwa, although a former Mugabe henchman, has made all the right noises about a departure from that dark past. But it's one thing to be magnanimous in victory, as he was after ousting his erstwhile boss. But will he be that generous in defeat if his party doesn't win? The MDC alliance might yet win this, but even among themselves, divisions remain. So much so that yesterday, one of the complaints was that voters were confused as to which MDC they were voting for, the alliance or the MDC-T, which is also contesting separately, even though its logo and name is almost exactly the same. You'll remember, of course, the alliance, the MDC alliance, that is, is an electoral bloc formed between seven parties to get rid of their common rival ZANU-PF. What happens if they win? How would that work if the alliance comes to power and you begin to see leaders jostling for positions? Is a government of national unity even a consideration, given how the last power-sharing agreement uh, didn't do so well for the opposition? The economy is in tatters. The flight of capital, of skills, of investment. We've got issues in terms of basic services from clean drinking water to electricity to schooling to hospitals to infrastructure. There is much to do. Zimbabwe's economic output halved in the period from 1997 to 2008. Listen, we're worried about growing at rates of 1%. Their economy halved and it has not recovered. Now we find a situation where more than 80% of Zimbabweans work in the informal economy and uh, with uh, social and economic resilience undermined by the previous crises and decades of mismanagement, the stakes for the new leader, whoever he may be, are very, very high. Reform is going to be particularly difficult, of course, because the the connected political elites have acquired businesses and wealth through uncompetitive means. Will they want to see those go? But here's the big irony. Here's the big irony. Zimbabwe 
has world-class natural resource endowments from ferrochrome to gold to copper to iron ore, lithium, diamonds, and platinum. Let the lesson be clear to those of us here in South Africa. Beware the folly of short-term gains based on cheap populism. Do not sacrifice the country's future at the altar of populism, or this is the way you will go. Let us learn the lesson and let us learn it well.